Okay, let's move on to our next question, which is, do you feel that wide area 20 mile per hour speed limits have an important role to play in reducing air and noise pollution in our communities and enable a shift away from car dominance in favor of other forms of active transport, such as walking and cycling? And we'll start with the Labour Party. Thank you very much, Nick. Um, I'm really glad this came up because this is a huge passion of mine. I've been supporting the 2020 campaign in my constituency of Northeast Hertfordshire, in particular in um, Buntingford. Um, the group is fantastic. Um, on the noise pollution front, which I want to um, tackle first, so 20 mile per hour sees a cut in noise that's the equivalent to actually halving the sound, which is, it's significant. And um, of course, the you would have a lot less in terms of acceleration and braking um, pollution as well that comes from having um, bumps as opposed to the actual um, wide area speed limits. But what I want to highlight as well is that this is, a, um, obviously the air and noise pollution is really important, um, but there are so many other benefits too. So we've got community safety, community cohesion, and something that I really want to highlight, which is it's cost effective. Um, and I think that at the moment, Hearts County Council is wasting a lot of money. So they've got a seven um, million pound budget um, but they only need 3.3 million to be able to tackle this in the right way. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Uh, let's move on to the Liberal Democrat Party. Um, thanks for the question, though I can't see it anymore in the Q&A, so <laughs> well, I think it was mostly about 20 mile an hour zones. Totally support 20 is plenty. Uh, in my own division, um, I've put forward a, an outline plan to the highways team was it about eight months ago now? Nothing's happened. Um, it's taking far too long to get these things onto the agenda. Uh, we've tried several times to, to make the speed management strategy more um, easy to implement at county, and it's been voted down every time. Um, the issue here is not just about 20 miles an hour. It's also about making towns much more friendly to walkers and to cyclists and creating proper local cycling and walking infrastructure plans, which is the current terminology, LC WIPs. Um, again, this pace of progress is just horribly slow. As I said, I put in, put in plans last year in July or August after lockdown, did a survey of what was required. And yeah, nothing is happening because they need to borrow and the county to tie together and the borough hasn't got the resources to do it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's just not good enough. And we need to change the, change the, change the, uh, the, the, um, the record and, and, and get onto this. Um, there are many, I mean, my area is ideally suited to wide area, 20 mile an hour zones. It, it, it would take very little signage to achieve it. Anymore, um, traffic calming is required. Thank you. And on to the Conservatives. Thank you. Um, well, um, Nigel, as you know, there's a new speed management strategy that's just been put in place at County Hall, and this will hopefully speed up um, the implementation of 20 mile per hour zones. I personally am a proponent of um, 20, 20 mile per hour. 
it does work, but you have to bring the community with you. You can't just impose 20 miles per hour on them. Um, I've tried this a few times in my current division, which actually is in Harpenden, I forgot to say that earlier on. Um, and um, in one area, the residents wanted it, and in another area, the residents, or the majority of the residents didn't. So that, that's the whole issue. You can't just, um, you have to have people working with you. Um, I'm not sure about a wide 20 mile per hour area, but I think it everywhere has to be looked at separately. It might, it might work um, and I would not be against it. And again, I'll be putting forward some of them. Um, active uh, travel, uh, walking and cycling. Again, fully agree. We need to make cycling safer. The Hertfordshire roads are very narrow and not safe for uh, cyclists. And um, hopefully coming forward, there, there is more money available from government um, for this. And the county does put in um, and try and get its sort of fair share. Um, yeah, I think I'll stop there. Thank you. OK, thank you very much. Uh, and now the Green Party. Thank you. Um, so the short answer is yes, I absolutely think that um, 20 miles per hour makes our streets safer, cleaner and, and quieter. Um, it's actually proven that the wider the speed limit is, is applied, um, the more effective it becomes because um, drivers get used to, to the speed limits. And um, I, I, um, I would say that the speed management strategy that was um, that just came to, into force um, end of last year was actually a missed opportunity. Um, the council did not listen to to um, what people said, and and they've pushed it through. And for example, the. Um, one of the one of the hurdles that communities have to jump over now is that they already have to have um, a speed limit, an average speed below 24 miles per hour. That means that communities first have to put in um, barriers and, and, and invest money before they can actually make their own streets 20 miles per hour. And I've spoken to a lot of very frustrated parish councillors. Who, who are just, um, who, who are really um, upset about this development. It would have been much more empowering to give the, give the local communities the power to implement these limits when they need them. Thank you. Uh, let's move on to our next question. And it is this, uh, do you have any plans to communicate the urgency and importance of change to the general public? Many people are still very poorly informed about the facts of the crisis we're facing and of the need for immediate change. Uh, and we'll go first to the Liberal Democrats. Thank you, Nick. Um, the very, I, th I think something we absolutely would not do if the Liberal Democrats were running the County Council would give the portfolio for environment and climate change to somebody who is already handling um, the incredibly important portfolio of children and families. That for me is clear evidence that the Conservatives are not taking environmental damage and the climate emergency at all seriously. We see it at central government and we see it at the County Council too. That's my first thought. I think it's absolutely paramount that the urgency of the problem, it's more than a problem, the urgency of the crisis is clearly communicated. And that is the very first thing that I would advocate. Um, again, we have to speak very, very clearly uh, to, to, to children, to schools, work with schools, 
children children i think are are learning about this all of the time it amazes me actually when children demonstrate their knowledge and their understanding of this whole enormous crisis um they're probably our greatest resource in all of this we need their parents on board um as I said in one of my earlier answers, councils have got to lead from the top. We have got to be communicating very, very clearly to residents what we are doing, first of all, what we would like to bring them on board to do with us and how yeah, other ways that they can help bring communities on board, involve them in everything that we do, seek communities' thoughts on this. Um, it's just imperative that we get across the urgency of this whole crisis. Thank you. Thank you. And next, the Conservative Party. Thank you. Um, so as deputy leader, I'll repeat, as deputy leader of the county council, I was asked to take on this very important role of introducing a sustainability strategy to the county. And I took that as a privilege. Um, I believe that we've delivered a strong sustainability uh, strategy and are going to be dealing with climate change. I agree entirely that we need to bring the, uh, the community along with us, but there's just been this little problem in the last year uh, called COVID. And actually, uh, most of our communication um, has to be has been developed around the um, informing the community around the, the dangers of COVID and what we're doing around the county with the NHS. Um, we were asked to, working with young people and uh, children is essential. And we have done several surveys already through um, the um, youth service, um, but we were asked not to go to schools and talk to them because the teachers were having enough problems trying to deliver the curriculum. So this will be happening you can, um, when we returned, when we are returned in May. Um, there will be a specific post around sustainability um, again when we returned in May and um, we will be building, we have been talking to residents and schools about what they would like, um, that particularly with schools um, around. Um... Thank you, thank you and let's move on to the Green Party. Thank you very much. Um, it's absolutely vital that we improve communications. We're completely out of time on this problem. Um, it was originally highlighted at the Rio summit in 1992. Um, I was involved in the uh, Kyoto negotiations in 1997. I went to the Greenpeace Christmas party that year and they said, as long as we have action by the year 2000, we'll be fine. Well, here we are in 2021, and we're still talking about it. And still the vast majority of the public do not realize that we, we are out of time that they think it's something that the next generation can deal with. So we have to get our communications right. We have to get them right now. We've been lobbying for this for years. Um, it's still perceived to be someone else's problem. And yes, central government can do a bit, local government can do a bit, but ultimately it comes down to us as individuals. And that's the message that we're not getting across. And that has to change straight away. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you. Uh, let's move to the Labour Party. Uh, thanks, Nick, and thanks, everybody. Um, this is the really difficult one, because as we all know, there's a massive gap between the saying and the doing on anything. And as the question alludes, time is running out, and yet there's no sign of urgency. 
my my work experience working with businesses particularly with business in the community and uh like nick i go back to rio and kyoto too um there is no doubt that big businesses take 10 to, up to 10 years to transform their business processes to deliver on the triple bottom line so what chance have we got well um as mayor of stevenage last year i will say the glimmer of hope is young people there is no doubt if there's one group in the community who absolutely get climate change absolutely have the biggest stake in climate change, it's young people. And so it, under a Labour administration, we would definitely take a community-led, localist and very much schools-involved approach in working directly with young people. So they're not like asked to contribute at the end of a meeting run by 70-year-olds like me, that they run the meeting themselves. And that's the only way forward. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, let's move on to our next question then, which is what are your views on the Climate and Ecological Emergency Bill? And we'll start with the Conservative Party. I'm, I'm sorry, Nick, I, I can't see that question anywhere. Sorry, <laughs> I'm losing track of things. Oh, sorry. Um, it's the, the question is what are your views on the Climate and Ecological Emergency Bill? I can't see it either. Uh, is it, um, sorry, I didn't have, even have time to think about it. Um, it is very important. Um, we are working to, towards this, especially around the um, um, elms um, aspect of it in relation to land. Um, yeah, sorry, I can't, I can't get my train of thought in this I'm one. sorry, let's, let's come back to you in a moment if you haven't had a chance yeah. to, to see the question. We'll come no, back to you in just a moment. <laughs> The problem is we can't see the questions as they're coming through. Um, it's in should be in the chat box there. Um, if you scroll back up, there are comments that are coming in uh, further down. But if, if you scroll back up slightly, you should see it headed Q7. Um, OK, I found it. Yeah, OK, okay let, let's let's give you a second or two to think about it. Let's move to the Green Party. Thank you very much. Well, the Climate Ecology Emergency Bill was introduced by Caroline Lucas. So unsurprisingly, I'm all in favor of it. And this is exactly the sort of action that we need to be taking rather than just talking. Um, of course, it's not gonna get through parliament because Caroline Lucas has introduced it. Um, they'll talk it down, it will get shelved, but hopefully it will come back very quickly as a government bill, because if it doesn't, we're dooming the next generation. And um, we have to get beyond party politics and, and all work together uh, to get these, these, these things adopted. Um, there's, there's too much party political scoring over such an important matter. And what they should be doing is taking Caroline's bill, improving it and adopting it. Unfortunately, they won't. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you. Let's come back to you, Teresa, and, and just give you a few, few seconds to, to finish your thoughts there. Sorry, Teresa, you're muted at the moment. Yeah, sorry, I quite agree. Um, some of these, some matters are above politics, um, but the fact of the matter is that we have got politics in play here. Um, so um, unless there is, um, unless you can get the uh, government to pick up this particular um, agenda that has been put forward by Caroline Lucas, they're not going to get anywhere. Um, I agree that climate change, and it's taken, I'll be truthful, it's taken me some time to get my head around the whole subject matter, and all right, I'm a bit behind, but you know, not everybody is there, and um, I think that it will be 
important to consider it. I haven't considered it, I have to say. Um, so I'll, I'll be truthful on that one. So that's where I'll stop. Thank you. OK, thank you. Uh, let's move on to the Labour Party. Uh, thanks very much, Nick. Well, I think this is something that's emerging. Um, I think uh, I agree with Nick Cox's Green Party on this one. There's a terrible tendency in the past of turning everything into bi binary, yabu, yes, no, if it's not from us, we can't look at it. Um, I can't speak for the county Labour group on this because this isn't something that's really a county level, it's a national issue. But if I may say personally on a national issue, it's about time, as we used to, picking up on private members' bills that work. I don't mind referencing my late father, Tony Speller, who passed a, a private members' bill on railway stations that allowed small stations to open as a case in point. Sometimes you have to cross the island support. And if I were an MP, which is the best way of picturing this, I would support this bill. OK, thank you very much. Uh, let's move on to uh, the Liberal Democrats now. Um, thanks. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's a shame that neither the Tory party or the Labour Party have um, helped to sponsor this bill. Uh, Lib Dems have in Parliament, as have um, several of the other parties, including Plaid Cymru. Um, Hopefully, Labour will, will get on the get onto it soon, and, and maybe even the Conservatives. Um, but I think the the real thing about this bill is it's 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 actually mirrors what we've got here, and what I was just saying about the lack of urgency. Or the previous question was talking about urgency. What I was talking about the lack of urgency post the declaration of a climate emergency in 2019 at all levels, um, and we just haven't seen enough action yet as a result of that. And that's what this bill is calling for. It's calling for action. And it's putting in place a sort of a wider perspective, looking at the global picture, looking at how we offshore our carbon emissions and calling us to account on that, which we absolutely have to do. It's no good saying that, you know, we've reduced carbon emissions in this country by goodness knows what percentage since 1990 or whichever statistic Boris Johnson has most recently misquoted. Um, but it's about really grasping the issues and making sure that action takes place now. When we got the climate emergency bill uh, motion passed in 2019, um, co-sponsored by the Tories and the, and the Lib Dems um, and voted for by all parties in 2019, the target for our strategy was the end of 2019. That wasn't met, despite that being the commitment in the motion. And this is why we really need to up the ante and get... <laughs> Thank you. Uh, okay, let's move on to our next question. Just for the uh, representatives of the parties, the, the questions are now in caps in the chat if you're finding it difficult to find them in amongst the, uh, the many comments. And thank you to the participants for the comments. Uh, right, let's move on to uh, the next question, which is, I want to ask whether the candidates think banning herbicides and pesticides throughout the borough is a priority for the benefit of the environment and the health of local people. And we'll go first to the Green Party. Um, I think an, another very unsurprising answer there, yes, of course, we do. As a Green Party, we very strongly feel about um, the use of, of, of these dangerous substances. Um, I can't believe that some of them are still being used by our councils. Um, we did challenge um, an officer of the North Hearts um, District Council the other day on, on the use of these substances. And, and the reply that we got was pretty much, well, it, you know, we can still buy it and it's cheaper than ripping out the weeds by hand. So, so we're still using it, um, we, which is an understandable answer if, you, if you're stripped for money, but it's not good enough. 
Um, so it's again a, a problem that we need to look at holistically. We need to make sure that the people that manage our uh, our land for for the councils have the the right equipment, the right knowledge um, to to make the right decisions when it comes to managing our green spaces um, for the benefit of of the people that live here and and our local wildlife. Thank you very much. Uh, let's move on to the Labour Party. Uh, that's me again, Nick. Um, yeah, I, it's a very specific request, this, um, and I think I agree with Annie that actually where the county council is involved and it's their own operatives, there should be no reason to, to, to do this. This would be the kind of thing under environmental total quality standards, both in the use of equipment and, um, and, uh, and various, if you like, uh, um, how can I describe it, for pesticides and herbicides and any materials we can either um, damage the environment less or damage it more because almost anything is an intrusion of some sort. So I, I, I take this one as something that you would expect all direct services to be able to demonstrate to members, whether it's a portfolio holder or under scrutiny, that everything we do does, not harm, does no harm, which of course is environmental law number one. Thank you, on to the Liberal Democrats. Yes, I'm pretty much what Simon just said. I mean, I'm no expert on the details of what, what's a good pesticide and what's a bad pesticide, but probably most of them are bad. Um, the, uh, in my area, um, the, the, the roadside maintenance is um, put out to the local borough council rather than county. Um, and I was appalled to see the other day when I was going around banging on doors or delivering leaflets or whatever it was, that around every lamppost, around every street sign, there was a band of dead grass, um, which I, I must admit I hadn't seen before. I'm told it has happened in previous years, but I don't recall it. When I inquired about this, I was told, well, you know, it's just so difficult for them to get in there with a the strimmer and take the weeds out that way. Well, I mean, for heaven's sake, A, we should be doing what we are doing, what we've, as Lib Dems in, in my patch have introduced in recent years, which is much more wild verges anyway. And the benefits, I think, of, for everybody to see, particularly this time of year and in the next few months as the wildflowers come out, it is spectacular. Um, and there's a lovely picture in our manifesto, by the way, go online. Um, but, you know, we do need, as Simon said, you know, the, the, the principle of do no harm should be front and foremost. And that's that's what we should all be trying to trying to achieve. Thanks. OK, thank you. The Conservatives. Um, yes. Um... I don't want to see anything harmed. I think we should use the safest substance that is available. Um, I'm no expert on this particular area. And I believe that um, at County um, in highways, they use whatever the best um, solutions available. And obviously on our own land, um, our, our, um, on our own farming land, um, herbicides and pesticides, I believe, are already banned. So I can't talk for the boroughs and the districts, I'm afraid. Okay, um, let's move on to our next question. Uh, do candidates believe in a halt in new road building? And we'll go first to the Labour Party. Yeah, I think I'm picking this one up. It's quite good having the WhatsApp behind the scenes. It's a bit like passing notes in a real meeting, uh, which I'm sure subject to our successful challenge to Boris Johnson, we will have in a hybrid format fairly soon. Um, the answer to this one, um, where is it? I'm looking for it. Uh, yeah, road building. Um, well, I don't think a complete halt for road building makes much sense, actually. 
some roads are needed, but I think before road building commences, what we should be doing is um, what used to be called cost-benefit analysis for those of us who were around in the time in the early mid-60s, which is you need an environmental assessment of what the benefits of that road might be over any alternative approaches that you might have. So there are some small stretches of road that free up the network, make the network flow a lot better than it does, and the County Council has a hugely important role throughout Hertfordshire in sorting out those snags. To try and call that new road building might be a bit of a stretch. So I suppose uh, you could call it new road building. But when it comes to major projects, and you know we only have to uh, look at uh, major infrastructure projects like um, uh, railway projects that this government seems to be getting impaled on, uh, such a cost-benefit analysis would probably say it's daft and we shouldn't be doing that. And that all we should be doing is upgrading existing networks. So our basic reply to this is, um, it has to be on its merits. If there is definitely a marginal gain and it's only a marginal change, that makes, that makes sense. Okay, thank you. Liberal Democrats. Thank you, Nick. Um, why are we building so many roads in a climate emergency? <laughs> roads generally mean more cars, more congestion, more filth, more, uh, you know, poorer air quality, more misery for residents, misery for councils, misery for visitors, misery for everybody. Yes, of course, some roads are necessary. I'm not that naive. Um, if we continue to build roads in the way that we're building them, we're just going to heap all of these problems on the whole, on the community, on each other, on our children, on the future and on the planet. And we cannot continue in the same vein. I want the roads that we have to be maintained properly. First of all, they're not maintained properly. The response times from the county council are pretty shocking most of the time. Um, a lot of the casework I get as a district councillor um, is, is about the quality of the roads that we already have, about potholes and the speed of speed of uh, repairs. Um, so no, I don't want to see more roads. I want to see um, segregated cycleways on the roads that we have, properly segregated, safe cycleways. I want to see right, rights of way protected and enhanced so that people can actually walk or cycle safely from a village to the next village. They don't have to get in their car. And of course, green buses, which we've already all talked about this evening, um, you know, let's let's let we have to change the way that we live. We have to give people realistic, cost-effective, attractive choices that mean that they will proactively decide to leave their car at home, and that's what we need to be doing. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Are the Conservatives. Sorry uh, about that. Uh, just quick, quickly unmuting. I think um, um, I'm on the same line as Simon Spiller in some ways. I mean, I think large-scale road building, I think, is now completely off the agenda. The government's already cutting back on large-scale road building. They scrapped the um, Oxford Milton Keynes uh, road fairly recently, and there's no indication, as far as I can see, they're going to step up road building. But nevertheless, I think there is a case for some highway construction. Nobody could argue against the Little Haddon bypass, I don't think, frankly. Um, um, and I think there may well be smaller schemes, but... Um, when we set out looking at the A414 corridor uh, some time ago, there was a proposition that um, we should have a bypass around Hartford. That's now actually on the back burner, and we are looking very, very strongly at a mass rapid transit along that corridor, which would link up all the towns quickly, conveniently. Uh, it will penetrate into the towns, give people a real alternative. So I, I do think um, there is some um, um, brightness on the horizon, but I do think um, um, highway, major highway construction is off the agenda now, and I would, um, I would actually support it. As I say, build more roads, they just fill up. We've seen that in the past. But as I say, once again, in Hertfordshire, people have got to get used to the fact 
that using their car is going to be less convenient. And, you know, we, when we come up against public opinion on these things, that's a real problem. Okay, thank you. And the Green Party? So again, I'm going to give a short answer first. And the question was, um, do I believe in a hold? And I, I must say, yes, I do. Because under the current design principles, um, I don't think we're doing the right thing in, in building new roads. I think unless we actually take a step back and, and look at what transport do we actually want to support and, and what solutions do we actually want to implement, um, we, can't, we can't continue building new roads. So for, for now, we need to get our, our principles right. Um, and, and then we, we might at some point start um, building or, or what, what Helen said, rather improving the roads that we already have. Um, there was a, an example in Hitchin recently where, where locals have called for, for a new road to be built to give access to the industrial estate. And um, although residents might, might like the sound of that, um, what, what we have done as green, uh, green campaigners is to step back and actually look at the traffic that is going through and, and, and review ways that we can reduce that traffic rather than building another road that might, in, might invite more traffic into our, our towns. So that is the approach that we need to take before we can continue building new roads. Thank you very much. And we are on to, can you believe it, the 10th question of the evening. Uh, the Heart Sustainability Strategy has no target for reducing the county's greenhouse gas emissions beyond the national target of net zero by 2050. Should there be a target in the strategy? And if so, what should it be? And we'll go first to the Liberal Democrats on this one. We've debated this a bit between our group. I mean, our national policy is 2045, which I think most of us feel is not ambitious enough now. Uh, I think we should be looking at 2040 at the very latest. Um, I, I mean, I think, I mean, I'm very fond of quoting uh, Professor King, who's when he was chief scientific advisor to the government, um, you know, goodness knows, when was that? Before 2010, um, was very strong in, in, in saying that the, the, you know, the climate emergency is the biggest threat to us uh, beyond any other, even Brexit. Um, and, uh, you know, we've got to get, get this right. Um, he's now running a department at Cambridge University called, uh, uh, I can't remember the exact name, but it's basically looking at negative carbon. Car I think it's the carbon repair team. And that's, I think, unfortunately, where we now need to look. We actually need to look beyond zero carbon or net zero. We need to actually be reducing the amount of carbon in our atmosphere if we're going to avoid the sort of effects that are likely, uh, because we, we can't stop what's already been put up there. Um, we're already well into the 400 parts per million. Uh, I think when I was born, it was about 317. Um, you know, this, 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 you know, I can't, I can't give an exact number for what I think carpentry should be, but we need to be more ambitious. Okay, thank you. Uh, and moving on to the Conservatives. Yes, I agree we need to be ambitious. Um, and we haven't set targets because we needed to get some base data because actually this is not just one organisation. This has to be across Hertfordshire. And the, um, the Hertfordshire Climate Change and Sustainability Partnership, uh, which is a group uh, of the county and all the districts and boroughs and the LEP, 
um, are actually working together to develop um, some baseline figures and then go from there. Uh, so can't do it alone at county, at county level. It has to be a partnership across the whole county. And I would hope something will be coming forward in the next six months or so. Thank you. And let's go to the Green Party. Thank you very much. Well, firstly, I'd say that uh, 2050 is a suicide pact. Now, if, if we're not going to deal with this until 2050, we may as well take out our funeral plans and, and give up. Um, um, 2030 would work, but only if it was real net zero. Um, the current strategy is to outsource carbon emissions to China, and, and that doesn't achieve net zero at all, but it does quite the opposite. And we have to look at this very carefully because we've just about got people focused on carbon dioxide, which is great, um, but we're forgetting the other greenhouse gases. And um, methane emissions are running way out of control. Um, and if we just focus on carbon dioxide, the, the uh, emissions of methane will come up behind us and kick us in the backside and we'll still have a major problem. So yes, let's get carbon dioxide down to zero in real terms by 2030. And don't forget the other gases, particularly methane. Um, let's start by eating less meat. That would be a start um, because it produces both carbon dioxide and methane. Um, but saying 2030 doesn't mean we can delay for 10 years. It means we've got to start now, um, tomorrow, tonight. Don't wait. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you. Uh, the Labour Party. Thank you. Um, I couldn't agree more with the sentiment of starting now. This is something that I've been pushing for um, both at a county and national level for a long, long time. In 2019, I was organising the youth wings of various climate groups and I actually lobbied councillors on Hearts County Council, which was really difficult. Um, and on East Hearts too. Um, and I've done various other things on that. Now, part of being an outstanding council is protecting our environment and dealing with climate change. Now, initially the Conservatives voted down Labour's motion to declare a climate emergency in Hertfordshire. We want to tackle this and we want to tackle this urgently. Um, and I'm very proud to say that our policy is 2030. Um, we want to ensure that policies, development strategy and the work of the growth board as well as the internal workings of um, Hearts County Council are focused on this and ensuring the county does reach net zero by 2030. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, now, I'm not sure we don't seem to have our next Just coming, Nick. Just coming. Okay. Um, so let's give everybody a, a moment's breathing space to at least read it before the first person has to answer. Um, just to point out a couple of things to attendees this evening. Um, uh, there are, uh, you are making comments in the chat. Hopefully um, all of our representatives can see those. You're very welcome to do that. But of course, we just aren't really going to have time to put them all to the representatives. Uh, the other thing to mention is that after 
um, this evening's uh, hustings, um, all attendees will receive a short survey and we'd be really grateful if you could complete it. It will help us understand how it worked for you, whether it worked for you, whether there are things that we could do to improve in the future. Let's hope we can do this face to face, but maybe it'll be a mix, who knows? Uh, but um, just to give us some idea of, of how it has worked this evening. Uh, so let's move on to question 11, which is the last question of the evening, which is, uh, what are you doing in your personal lives to be more environmentally friendly? Let's go first to the Conservatives. Okay, I'll um, I'll answer this one. I mean, one thing I'm definitely doing a lot more and um, is um, walking. Uh, now, this is partly down to possibly partly down to COVID issues, but um, I'm a lot more healthier now than I was um, six or nine months ago, uh, and I guess a number of other people are as well. But but um, that change needs to be kept up. And now I certainly will keep it up until I'm doing a lot more walking. By the fact, there's hardly any, any mileage on my car. But as this is the last question, I just really wanted to make a general comment, if I could. I don't think any of us should underestimate um, how difficult it is sometimes to bring people along. I am someone who um, suffered election defeat by a pro-car, anti-pedestrianisation can candidate some years ago. They stood against me uh, on a pro-car, anti-pedestrianisation ticket and they won the election. Now, of course, if you're in a totalitarian state, things are much easier. But in a de democratic state, you do have to spend a lot of time bringing people along. And that's why I'm a great believer in the nudge principle. You know, just these little incremental steps, if we can put them in place, just gradually put them in place. And I alluded to the um, uh, sustainable travel towns issue um, previously, having a lot of trouble persuading councils that they need to abolish free on-street parking in towns. I'll rest my case. Thank you. Uh, let's go to the Green Party. Um, I think I've always considered myself to be an environmentally friendly person, but what really brought it home to me was when I, when I had my first child and I started thinking about their future and, you know, the 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 imminent threat of, of um, climate change so um, it was a journey for our family really to become more and more sustainable um, as an, an expat family we used to fly home a lot and and when I first heard of um, the no flight pact um, I think it was three years ago I thought never could we go without flying it's now been two years since I boarded my my last flight and that is not down to COVID it is down to us just changing our 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 habits of how we travel we make the journey part of, of our holiday so we don't board a plane we we um take the train um we are also a car free family we never owned a car we never got in the in, in the habit of driving if we need to use a car we car share we get a taxi we um we borrow cars uh, but we do everything else by bike. And I've, uh, you might actually have seen us on, on our cargo bikes going around Hitchin. And we encourage others to do the same. Uh, we are vegetarian. You know, we, we are working our way down the list of things that we um, on our own life can do. And then I take that as an inspiration to others. Thank you. Uh, let's move on to the Labour Party. Thank you. Um and before I um, give my answer, I want to say that bringing people together is really important. And 
um, never underestimate the link between social justice and climate justice. They are the same. Um, so in my personal life, um, I make use of public transport. For the most part, I walk everywhere. I've taken a lot of time and effort in considering, you know, waste reduction. Um, but climate change ultimately is my passion. And since, since I was a child, I've been involved in all manner of eco groups. Um, and I, I write policy around rural affairs um, for a think tank. So that's, that's very interesting. Um, and as I've mentioned, I am a climate campaigner, but ultimately I see myself as a global citizen. I think that we can always do more in our personal lives um, to have a positive impact on the environment. So I'd like to really encourage people to do so. Thank you. Okay, the Liberal Democrats. Thank you, Nick. Um, wow. I, I, so we recently chose not to buy a new washing machine when we thought it had broken. We repaired it ourselves. We've never managed to do that before. We also did the same with our dishwasher. Um, we've had the dishwasher and the washing machine for years, by the way. They are well past it, but obviously they work. And uh, so they're not past it. They are usable. So that's going back to what I said about rethink and reduce. Um, I've been a vegetarian since I was 12. Um, we are composting. We are, we've been composting for three years now. Absolutely fantastic. Um, we've recently, start, recently started to take delivery of something brilliant called an odd box. Um, some people on this call probably know what that is. It's reducing uh, food waste through buying odd shaped and, and surplus vegetables. Um, it's absolutely fantastic. You don't necessarily know what's coming, but the creativity is lovely. Um, I've, I'm, I'm in the throes of starting a new business, which is aimed at reducing uh, the absolutely have to. When we, we travel around Europe a lot, we, we get the train, we don't fly. Um, I support the 20 mile an hour uh, pledge for the 20 mile an hour campaign. And I have found myself driving consciously um, at 20 miles an hour in the last few weeks, um, which I'm, I'm really pleased about. Um, and next time we do need to buy a new car, it will be a hybrid. Thank you. Thank you very much. And thank you to all the candidates for keeping within your time. That was really great. Um, I didn't, didn't feel like I had to be too rude at all. Uh, now, Peter is going to launch a, a quick end of Hustings poll. So if, if uh, all our attendees could take part we'd really appreciate that here we are uh, do you feel more informed now about the party's environmental policies for Hertfordshire after this hustings so if you could uh, just quickly vote on that hopefully we'll be able to share that before we all go this evening as i mentioned um the um uh, the the friends of the earth will be sending a post um hustings survey uh, just to understand how it worked for you and so on so please do look out for that in your email occasionally you get spam that kind of thing so if you could have a look and complete it it won't take more than a couple of minutes to do now normally at this point in the hustings i'd probably be asking you to show your appreciation to the party's representatives in the usual way but that will have absolutely no effect this evening uh, so i'd like to do it for you thank you to all the party's representatives for their really active participation in a lively hustings this evening uh, and of course to Friends of the Earth for organising this event. Uh, I particularly want to thank uh, for me uh, Anna, Amanda, Ali and Peter who have done such a stunning job on uh, keeping the whole thing together. I don't know how any of this works, all I have to do is sit here and read stuff um, and they have really done the hard work so um, thank you very much to them for that. Um, now there will be a recording available um, of this, uh, this Hustings as a podcast um, it'll be available at uh, greenwatford.uk and also on the Radio Verum site, radioverum.com 
under the podcast section. Uh, so I'm just wondering if we can get the results of that. Oh, here we go. So, um, so uh, unfortunately, 4% of people thought that they weren't uh, any more informed about partisan environmental policies than before, but perhaps they were well informed in the first place. That's what I'm going to say. Uh, 55% a little more informed and 42% are not more informed. So I think we can at least say this was a very worthwhile uh, event. Uh, as I say, hopefully the next time we do this, uh, we will uh, be in person and uh, it would be a little easier perhaps to get those comments in. We will share all of the comments from, um, uh, from the attendees with the candidates. There were some really great uh, uh, comments and questions there, which uh, the candidates might want to reflect on. And so we will share that with them too. Right, well, uh, with that, that said, have a great rest of your evening and thank you again for attending.